the Hawk to Hawk podcast. I'm your host, Eden Fritz Aguirre. In this podcast, I sit down with you, Heart alum, and see all of the amazing things that Hawks do once they spread their wings and work to better their community. And this Hawk is a good one. Today, we have the pleasure of meeting Tammy Palacios. Tammy graduated from the University of Hartford in 2019 with her bachelor's degree in international studies with a politics and government minor studying courses that focus on counterterrorism studies, Islam, the Middle East, North Africa, and Homeland Security. She went on to receive her master's degree in security and terrorism studies, as well as a graduate certificate in terrorism analysis from the University of Maryland and graduated very recently. She is currently working as a senior analyst and program head for New Lines Institute for Strategy and Policy. Tammy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Of course. We're so excited to have you. I mean, you just have such an incredible resume. Just all the experiences I got to read about were just so exciting. So I'm so excited to have you. But although I gave a little bio right there, please tell us about yourself and how you came into your role at the New Lines Institute. Thanks so much, Eden. Um, yeah, I would love to. So it's it's been quite the journey. Um, I think I'll start by sharing that I was quite the non-traditional student. So I started at Manchester Community College. I didn't have a whole lot of money. I worked full-time while I was at UHeart. Um, if you've ever been to downtown Hartford, the tavern downtown used to be where Aladdin's is now. So it was a smaller, smaller place. But um, I, I knew from when I was in high school that I wanted to be a counterterrorism analyst. And uh, it almost offered me more opportunities while I was at UHeart because there wasn't a clear counterterrorism or homeland security major. Uh, for me to really craft my own uh, course load and get to explore some of the anthropology and the culture and the language and uh, and really kind of create a multifaceted understanding of a subject that I'd always been passionate about. So it's it's been a, a journey that everything seems like it was a separate part of the puzzle. And where I sit right now at New Lines, uh, all of my experiences and all of the things that I looked at as uh, once hurdles have certainly contributed to to these successes and, and skills that have turned out to be quite, quite helpful. So yeah, I, I've been at New Lines Institute for a year and a half. Um, I'm currently leading a uh, priority sustainable counterterrorism initiative, which means uh, working to prioritize sustainable, uh, responsible counterterrorism. So the things that usually are the ideal, uh, you know, things like development and strengthening societies that our government and plenty of governments around the world do a really great job of, um, but trying to find those those parts of that that can be uh, put a little more sense of urgency to and can be done with the systems and uh, the world as it is. So um, I think I'll leave with that and I'll leave you to your next question, Eden. That is so neat. Thank you for sharing and explaining all that. That is just so fascinating. And I know you've had a very busy year. You have some recent publications that have been published through New Lines Institute and some other sources, but what helped you write these publications? Yeah, that's a great question. So I have always been told I was a good writer and I'm also a little bit of a perfectionist. So it was actually a kind of a difficult task to, to get that first publication out. Um, there was a lot of anxiety, uh, to be quite honest, uh, but it really helps to have a, a really supportive uh, team. At New Lines, we have a what we call an analytical development department. So it's a little more than just like an editorial staff. Um, and without their help, uh, I 
it would have taken a lot longer. So uh, that publication is uh, supporting civil society organizations to mitigate the spread of terrorism in the Sahel. Um, and it was built off of uh, some field work that I did. I traveled to Ghana in West Africa last September through uh, New Lines, uh, met with 10 different NGOs there. So it was a, a really great opportunity to um, not only contribute and have my first publication out there, but to also uh, include a platform for local organizations that aren't quite visible uh, in the international stage, right? These these groups aren't ones that are partnered or you know, at the United Nations or at the State Department briefings. So I made sure that all the images in that report were images from their organizations, their local programs. Um, and I tried to uh, link their projects and their websites as much as I could to to not just have my own platform and, and kind of launch myself on my career in D.C., but uh, also to kind of be responsible and, and do my due diligence to, to help others. That's amazing. And I think this kind of goes along with what you're saying here. But when, when I do my research ahead of a podcast, usually the first place I go is LinkedIn. And in your About Me section, I noticed the line, making the world a better place is a group effort. How do you contribute to making the world a better place and what small actions can we do to help? That is such a great question. Um, I really liked that when I saw when you sent it ahead of time. So <laughs> thank you. it's it's one of those things, right? Like I, I'm in DC and, and there's a certain, um, a certain culture, right? Everyone's trying to get ahead. It's all about who you know. It's all about where you work. It's, it, it, this all matters, right? Your reputation is everything. And I think I, I learned a long time ago, and maybe it's because of my, I don't know, my windy journey to how I got here. But I think there's always opportunities in our own pursuit of our own personal success in our own career with that effort and with our contacts and what, what we're already doing uh, for that to not only help ourselves, but it's very easy to to help others and to kind of make your your output actually be a positive impact on the information space and and on the the career discussion room whatever sector it is that you're kind of you're diving into so that's something that I'm quite passionate about I think there are a lot of uh, wonderful think tanks and research institutes in DC and around the world and I'm constantly impressed by uh, the caliber of people that I engage with and I just think that people don't realize how much they can actually do with what they're already doing just you know, one more engagement, one more share of information. What like, it's it's very easy to to not just publish, but to have an impact and engage past publication or past a career move. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. So when I was first told about you and you were being introduced to me, I learned that you had recently presented to the United Nations. And it absolutely blew my mind. I just have to wonder, you know, what was that experience like and what did you present? So first of all, I am thrilled to say, so I my first briefing at the UN was with the United Nations uh, Counterterrorism Executive Directorate. So there are a few different entities at the UN that engage with counterterrorism and, and peace and security issues. This was back in uh, last fall. So right after my trip from Ghana, I, I briefed them on my on my meetings. And uh, at the very start of my briefing, I very proudly uh, mentioned to them that this was a very full circle moment because I had engaged in Model UN. Uh, this was at Lyman High School in Lebanon, Connecticut, but it was at the Hart campus. And so uh, this, it was like a very surreal moment to be in a work meeting at the United Nations when I had, you know, many years ago visited leading a Model UN tour group. So 
I was thrilled and I still carry on my UN uh, peace dove bag to this day. But it was, it's been a, it's been really great. It's been a, a few briefings now with a couple of different entities at the United Nations. And I hope to work with them uh, to improve partnerships with local civil society organizations. So it, there's just some very simple um, capacity matching, right? Like there's some really great efforts by the United Nations and the United States State Department, USAID. There's a whole host of international NGOs that do some really great work and they have their own capacity restraints, right? Like there's, they want to do everything, but they have only so much, so many people on their team and only so many things that they can do at one time. And so uh, I see the the think tanks and the kind of private sector as a someone that can be leveraged a little more to help connect and fill some of those capacity gaps between say like a local actor in West Africa and uh, a very large and wonderful UN uh, entity or, or US government entity. So that's where I see myself as just a, a connector of great people doing great things. And uh, I mean, it was pretty cool. I got to tell you, it was pretty cool. But I look forward to um, continuing to work with them. And uh, it was great to receive some some good feedback that they agree with uh, the policy recommendations that I published about. That is incredible. And yeah, that is a super cool experience. Once I heard that, I was like, wow, I want to be here when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind. And with that recent experience and everything that's going on for you professionally, I would just love to see uh, which of your educational or professional experiences helped guide you to where you are today. You know, that's another really great question. It's almost as if you're a grad student in communication. (laughs) (laughs) You're hitting these on the head. So it's it's a good question. Um, I've actually found that the difficult parts of my professional educational life were the ones that have given me the skills to push me to where I am. I have a lot of grit and determination. uh, And that's because my path was not an easy one. I actually got offered a a job offer my senior year, the summer before my senior year of college at UHart. And I took it because I was paying my way through school. And I wasn't sure if I was going to get a job offer, you know, after that year, I was in a time where we were all we hadn't been impacted by 2008, like housing crisis. But it was on our minds, like we didn't know the state of anything. So those experiences that I thought were me just making money to pay for my master's or, or me just doing this to kind of get by and, and reach my end goal, each of those troubling times, each class that was a little harder than I expected or, or not exactly what I wanted it to be, and me finding a way to make it something that worked for me in my favor, to still learn something, to still make a connection, to make it you know, be a part of my toolkit. Those were the things that really have helped me survive uh, and I think <laughs> hopefully thrive in my career. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was kind of a across the board vague answer, but it's all those moments that you think that that job that's not quite your your goal and all those certificates and, and all these things that seem not to be important, uh, you'll you'll find they're all they're all helpful. So um, I think one in doubt uh, just grasp at something else, uh, another another connection, another class, another experience. And, and they all kind of, they all build up to build a wonderful person and a wonderful career at some point. That's great. So I know we're kind of already talking about your UHeart days, and I'd love to look more into them. So these next few questions are sponsored by our wonderful friends over in the Office of Career and Professional Development. But were there any events, resources, or classes that you took part in 
while at UHART that played a particular role in your eventual career and how so? Absolutely. Um, I have to give quite a shout out to uh, Professor Clancy. Uh, he was my advisor when I was there and uh, he had a particular class that that has always stuck with me. Um, I think I always, I don't know, followed a bit of a, I knew I wasn't a traditional security and military follower of counterterrorism. I always knew that I was interested in in the background and the culture and solutions um, to, you know, what is one of the most horrific and violent issues of our of our time, right? But uh, he had a class, my capstone class, I think it was, on uh, counterterrorism after 9-11. And all of the reading materials and all of that coursework and um, all of the comments on my papers really just challenged me to uh, think even more responsibly and, and more uh, constructively. And I honestly, I'm not sure if I would be exactly where I am without without his um, contribution. So he's just one of a you know, good handful of professors that I had the privilege of engaging with that in their own way. Um, all kind of brought me to where I am. So, so don't be afraid of being the the person that's always asking questions in class, and uh, don't be afraid of being the nerd of the person that sits up front or or speaks with your teacher during uh, you know teacher hours. Um, those connections are are ones that can help you uh, professionally, not just to get the good grades. That is such a good point. And I loved that note at the end about not just the good grades. I am a teaching intern for the School of Communication. I student teach video production. 100% going to those office hours and just sitting and working one-on-one. I mean, it's it's incredible. And you're not only you're learning, but you're building that like that connection too. And it you know helps support your professional network. And you just learn so many invaluable skills. So I'm so, so glad you mentioned that. Absolutely. Uh, that's wonderful to hear that you are, are going through the teaching assistant adventure yourself. Oh, yes. I, I'm very lucky because I primarily teach seniors. So all of my students from the past two semesters have graduated and just seeing them go on and some of them have contacted me to tell me when they get jobs or when they get job offers. And they're like, hey, you know, could you look over my resume one more time before I send it over and just also getting that message of, hey, I got the job. Thank you for your help. Like getting that the first time, like I teared up a little. <laughs> I won't even lie. I, it's just knowing that you can do that for somebody is so helpful. But yes, also because I am a graduate student too, but knowing that reaching out to my professors, you know, it's just, you heard great. <laughs> Absolutely. And those those networking skills are everything. Um, Absolutely. Never, never shy away from sending your networking thank you emails. Uh, they will lead you to brief at the UN one day. <laughs> that is such a great point. <laughs> so I would just love to see kind of comparing your your goals and expectations for your career and how they've changed since you were in college. And is there anything you wish you would have known when you were a student? Gosh, yeah. Um, I thought <laughs> I had it all planned out. I, I always assumed that I was going to be in government, uh, that that was uh, going to be my first, my first stop in my career path. And I... I do think that I will end up hopefully um, working in government in some part of my career, but I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And I very much understand that there is a lot about the career options um, with Homeland Security, with national security, with think tanks, um, all things that I, I had no idea existed. So I really kind of wish that when I was at UHAR in my undergrad studies uh, that I had maybe I don't know, reached out to someone in DC and uh, 
maybe started those conversations a little earlier. I I wouldn't change anything of my journey. I think it has all led me to where I am, but there's so much more than what you think there is for any given sector. There is just such a, oh, there's so many opportunities. There's just nonprofit, there's private sector, there's public sector, there's government, there's, it's 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 crazy and it's ever moving, right? Like the, the terrorism research space has even grown and, you know, you have departments that state department that change their names as you know, governments and, and the space kind of grow and apply lessons learned and all these things. So, you know, you might have a position that you thought you were really excited about when you were a freshman in undergrad, and maybe that whole department changed its name by the time you were a senior. So <laughs> um, it's, it's very, it's exciting. Um, and I just, I would encourage it's, it's a little intimidating when you're, you know, you feel like you have so much time and you're not there yet. But getting yourself engaged in those conversations and, and starting to meet those people doing internships and stuff like that is so helpful. And you'll just, you'll learn so much, so much more and hopefully get so much more excited about all the options that you're, you have in front of you. Absolutely. And that's one of the best things about college is just being able to get all those experiences in, but then realizing, you know, you're going to have that shift in interest and things of that sort. So, and that goes along nicely with our last question do you have any advice for students nearing graduation that aren't sure they want to pursue a career in their major? Yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this is huge. I mean, and it's, I, I think, thankfully, there's been a culture shift um, in the past 10 years, right, where, where people understand that they may not have one job at one company for their whole career. Um, and that's great. And I think that the thing that should come along with that understanding is that that's fine, but you will not feel fulfilled unless you jump headfirst into one of your five career choices. Like if, if you have decided that you're going to have a journey and a, a number of companies or a number of entities, and you're going to go with the flow, if, if you have that mentality, that's great. But if the longer you hesitate, you're just missing out. Like it's, a career isn't, it's no longer, okay, you put 20 years into a company and then you get a medal and a plaque and, and the title that you want. It's just, it's just not how it, companies aren't even acting that way. Right. Like, right. You don't have that. I hate to use the word loyalty in a negative way, but it's, you're only going to benefit yourself if you jump into whatever opportunity is your first one with a level of seriousness and, and self-respect because how you, how much you dive in and how much you give to each opportunity, it that all determines the level of uh, success and the level of respect and and how how much people are willing to help you move on through your career. Right, you're showing 100% effort, and you're you know it might not be your dream job, but you're you're in it to win it, and you're showing up with a, a winner attitude and a positive change maker approach. Um, people will help you move forward, um, even if it isn't in that same line, right? So it's okay to not know. It's not okay to be lazy. <laughs> if you're going to do something, do it right, um, even if you don't know if that's where you're going to end up. That was some of the best advice I've ever heard. I love it. Don't be <laughs> lazy and go in with just that positive mindset and do your best. I, that's all you can ask for. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, that's all we can do in this life is is try to be a a good person and try to be proud of ourselves every single day and, and, and try to contribute to our communities. Exactly. I love it. Where can listeners learn more about you and the work that you do? 
Well, LinkedIn is the place to be. Also, if you're listening and you haven't created your LinkedIn profile yet, get on that. Um, it will connect you with so many network opportunities. There are LinkedIn groups dedicated to like certain sectors. Get on it. So yeah, LinkedIn's the place to be. I uh, I like to to put some interviews and some quotes from local uh, NGOs that I interact with in West Africa there as well. So if you're someone who's interested in current events or or that region or anything of the like, it's a good place to be. Awesome. Well, Tammy, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure to get to have you on the podcast and to get to meet you and just learn about everything that you do. So thank you. Eden, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thank you for tuning in to the Hawk to Hawk podcast. You can find us on all podcast streaming platforms and on the University of Hartford's website. For Tammy Palacios, I'm Eden Fritz-Aguire. We'll see you next time.